Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove, and today I'd like to talk about the dream realm. The dream realm, and I use the word realm quite deliberately because I'm thinking of dreams as possibly occurring in a space, in a place, or in some sort of space-time matrix outside of the normal three dimensions of space and one dimension of time that we live in externally in our physical world. Let me uh, backtrack a little bit here. There's so much that I'm packing into this. You see, I've talked about dreams quite a bit, actually, in the New Thinking Aloud series, starting with the very first segment of the In Presence series, in which I talked about a dream that changed my life. And as I recall, it was in segment five when I talked about a dream in which my Uncle Harry appeared in the dream. And I, it was also a life-changing dream. I awakened from that dream singing and crying at the same time. It's only happened to me once. But the sense of that dream was that it was more real than this physical reality. And so, I'm inclined to think that there's actually a uh, possibility that we can map out the spaces in which dreams occur. There are many different kinds of dreams, of course. And I'm also reminded right now of an interview I did over 20 years ago with the physicist Fred Allen Wolf, my good buddy, on the dreaming universe. And I'm linking to it right now. Unfortunately, there's just about an eight-minute segment available. But Fred describes in that eight minutes some of the enormous potentialities that exist within our dreams. There's another dream I discussed in a video with Russell Targ about um, his late daughter, Elizabeth Targ, and how she came to me once in a dream. I had a vivid dream of Elizabeth, and I was talking to her because I was aware, in fact, of many stories about contacts she had been making with people from the other side. And, and I said, Elizabeth, how nice to see you. And I'm so pleased to learn about the uh, work you're doing from the other side, including some interesting physical effects. At that moment, I was awakened from the dream because my phone was ringing. And when I picked up the phone, there was nothing but white noise on the line. It suggested to me that I was in some form of actual spirit communication with Elizabeth Targ, just as I think I may have been with my great uncle Harry. So I think if we were to use the mathematics of hyperspace that my dear friend Saul Paul Sirag has mapped out quite eloquently, both in a, an appendix to the Roots of Consciousness, and for those of you who have been following the In Presence series regularly, you have access to that material, but also in his newest book on ADEX theory, which is really, one might say, an elaboration of the work that began on that very appendix uh, published in 1987, as I recall. Saul Paul, and I'll have to talk about him at greater length in some future segment of In Presence, is one of the leading thinkers in looking at uh, the mathematics of hyperspace and consciousness. And it's often intrigued me, could we use the mathematics of hyperspace to begin to actually create some kind of a map 
of the dream realm and how the dream realm perhaps interfaces both with the psyche and our personal unconscious and with the larger realm of what you could call the afterlife. I think that there will be a science of the future and someday it will actually achieve something akin to what I'm talking about now. And I think that the psychonauts, I'm going to use that word, psychonauts, the people who could be the real explorers in this area, might very well be lucid dreamers, people who can enter into a dream space, maintain their consciousness, and begin to do what Charles Tart once called altered states research or state-specific science. There's a certain science, I think, that can be conducted from the lucid dreaming state. Now, as for me, I'm not much of a lucid dreamer. I've had lucid dreams occasionally. Uh, I love flying dreams when they occur, but I've discovered that not only can't I force these things to happen, but it's probably not a good idea anyway. But what I can do is monitor my dreams. And there were periods in my life when I did just that. I kept very active dream journals for years and then it fell away because I mentioned in the previous segment on self-discipline, many of my disciplines have fallen by the wayside and keeping a dream journal is one. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to restart my dream journal. I'm going to begin exploring my dreams more to see if I can't just spontaneously without trying to force it in any way, learn a little bit more about what my dreams are telling me. Freud once said that a dream uninterpreted is like a letter unopened. And <laughs> if you're like me, you probably have tens of thousands of unopened letters in, in terms of your uninterpreted dreams. And I don't know that it's necessary to interpret each and every dream. I've had some very powerful, vivid dreams that I have yet to interpret. But I do think monitoring dreams, especially for me now at this phase of my life, will be a useful thing to do. And, and let me say one other thing about that too, because I think it's useful to share with you the fact that making these daily monologues for you, and to be honest, this monologue is uh, being made well in advance of the time I will release it, because I'm typically doing two a day uh, and building up a, a backlog, uh, because I know my schedule is going to be busy, busy, busy before very long. But the point is that it's having an impact on me. I'm taking a new look at some of my old ideas, at some of my old disciplines, at some of um, my old speculations. And I'm also thinking in terms of the years remaining to me in this lifetime and how I might be able to use them most profitably. So when I suggest to you that I'm leaving you with a thought to think about, I'm thinking about it for myself as well, and I'm willing to share that with you as we go through this journey together for those of you who are following these monologues on a regular basis. So I intend to start up my dream journal, and I intend to pay particular 
attention to the potential interfaces between the dream world and other realities, the archetypal reality, the uh, reality of the afterlife, the, the reality that Jung refers to as the collective unconscious, things that are larger than just my own personal psyche. Maybe some of you would like to do that as well. The, the world of dreams is, is really fascinating. I know many years ago, I did an interview with a lady named Linda Lane Magalon, and who was a specialist in and written a book on mutual dreaming. And she'd get people together in parties. And, and then she'd say, now we'll go home and we'll all dream. Let's see if we can meet up with each other in our dreams. And people would write all their dreams down. And there seemed to be a sense in which if you compare the dreams of the different people, that people actually can consciously agree to meet in dreams. And while I'm thinking about it, I'll mention one more thing about the dream realm, and that is Shafia Karagula, who happens to have been the aunt of the famous radio personality, um, Nori. Uh, she was his aunt, but she wrote a book called Breakthrough to Creativity, a book about higher consciousness. And she wrote about one of her, she was a psychiatrist, she wrote about one of her patients who entered into a dream school at night where she was in a classroom being taught various esoteric skills. And she recognized another person in that classroom and contacted that person and learned that he had been having similar dreams as well. So, there is a sense in which dreams represent much more than just your personal psyche. Now, one last story I'll share with you, and that's my grandpa Abe once told me. Yeah, he had a theory of how dreams occur. He said, well, you're lying on your side and all your thoughts fall down to the bottom of your head and get mixed up together, and that's what causes dreams. I love Grandpa Abe, and uh, he was actually, he ended his life as a great mystic. He once told me, he said, after I die, he said, if you ever want to connect with me, all you have to do, he says, is take your finger and scratch the palm of your hand like that. He says, doesn't matter how far away I am. He says, I could be not millions, not billions, but illions of miles away. And if you scratch the palm of your hand, like that, I will come to you. Carlos Castaneda also suggested if you can look at your hands in a dream, that's a way of waking up and becoming lucid, conscious in your dreams. So, these are all suggestions, and I intend to spend uh, quite a bit of time exploring them, and from time to time, we'll share with you and these monologues about that exploration. And I encourage you to do as much and let me leave you with this question. How do you think you could use your dream life more effectively? Thank you for being with us.